This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. You and so I want to share with you about the unshakable shaker. So I want to give honor where honor is due. Festus Sawani preached uh, a few months ago, last year sometime in November, he preached here. And he spoke about the, the unshakable shaker. And I was like, that's a good line. That's a great line. So we're gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm using it, but I want to I break it open for us. Im- imagine a life where you are never shaken. Imagine a life that it doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. You're not shaken. They'd be like, Jesus, please, that's me. That's me. I want that. I want that. It's been a really, really tough, challenging. So I'm going to share some of the stories of this last month or so. A really, really tough season. From We were coming out of the fasting. Uh, let me ask this question first. Who has been shaken at one point or another in their lives? Yes, called human. Awesome. You are human. So anyway, so when we came out of the fast, uh, I think the Saturday of the fast, my wife spoke to me. She said the story last week, so the ladies know the story, but the men don't. So I want to I bring you into our game. So we've been trusting Jesus for almost eight years now for a second child. It's been quite challenging. And uh, so we've been, especially since middle last year, I have been stepping out. I've been proclaiming it to our whole church family to all of our pastors, the 50-plus pastors, I, I had to facilitate the, the fast and the prayer last year. And so I was saying, guys, we are fasting um, for, for the bride of Christ to become fruitful, not only for my wife and I to have another child, but I know everything that we go through is for a reason. You know, so it's never just about me. I you know it's always about a bigger cause, a bigger, a bigger reason, a bigger purpose. So anyway, so we're coming through the season of fasting. I mean, since middle last year, we've been fasting and praying. And I'm like, God, we're going to press in for more of you. You know, we're not going to lie down. We're not going to give up. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. But so anyway, so on the Saturday, it was uh, beginning February. Sonica shared with me that she thinks that she might be pregnant. I was like, no ways. How awesome would that be, standing upon the promises of God? How awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm already picturing one massive church party. We'd be like a six-month six, six church party, I promise you. It's like I'm seeing the good glory. I'm seeing the testimonies. I'm like, no ways. God is so good. God is so faithful. I was sitting in, in our kitchen, and Sonic was sharing. I think it was on a Sunday after we had service. I went home. I was just sitting. I was just weeping, happy tears. What if? What if my wife is pregnant? You know, so I was like, yo. So anyway, two days later, she wasn't pregnant. And it felt like somebody died. It's amazing. Within two days, it felt like I lost a child. Because we have all these promises. We have all this expectation. And I know God is good. And I know he's with us. So anyway, so about two days, I felt like, oh. Felt like a death in the family. I was, I was depressed. Sonica was depressed. I think she was more than two days depressed, but I was about two days. Two days in the, in, in the dungeon. And uh, it was really tough. It was really challenging. Anyway, so 
uh, just from that moment, it's like a whole lot of things over those last months, a whole lot. I've, it was just like from every side, it felt like, yo, this is tough. So Jean-Pierre, um, one of our elders in church, his wife, Kim, was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, in the, the following week. And uh, so she had a double mastectomy. Um, and just, but it's just amazing how they, anyway, but, but it, I was shaken <laughs> when like, what if my wife's not pregnant and she wasn't? I was shaken. And then uh, JP, uh, he posted on the elders group a voice note when they sort of found out this is possible. And he was shaken. He was shaken. So I went to him um, that Tuesday evening, went to them, I went to pray with them. Because I don't know yet what's happening, but it's the fear of what could be, what could come, what could happen. And so um, prayed with them. And it was just amazing again the... As I was praying, the Lord just gave me a word for Kim. She's 32 years old, and it's uh, in, a fa- in a family line. There's been a lot of cancer. And, uh, but I just realized again the goodness of God. As in the midst of that, I was, I was praying, and then the Lord gave me a word. I was like hoping, Jesus, just heal her right now. And then I just felt the Lord say to me, this is a test, and this is a trial. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're not going to see healing tonight. But then, then the Lord showed me a vision of Kim at the wedding day with her, because she's got two little daughters. So I saw a vision of her standing there on the wedding day of her daughters getting married. And I, I said, Lord, Lord is saying to Kim, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. And that was her biggest fear. The biggest fear was... What, if, what, what about my kids? But they were shaken. And I'm so proud of them. And the Lord said to me as well, he's going to use this trial, this crisis. It's actually a defining moment, a defining season in their lives. They're going to go so much deeper into God. And I've already seen it just over this last month. It's like God is doing something so powerful in them. Despite what they're going through. But they were shaken. You know, and uh, I'm thinking of the... Of the, of the the drought in the Cape. I mean, there's a whole lot of people being shaken. My brother-in-law is a farmer in Marmersbury, and they had a, recently had a, um, brought in the harvest. The harvest was 25% of what is normally, 25%. And a lot of debt, a lot of pressure, a lot of stuff. It's like, they are shaken. They're shaken. You know, then another thing, a few, two weeks ago or so, there was a lady here, don't know if she's here this morning. She brought her baby to me at the end of the service. She was visiting the church. Her baby had a problem with his heart and uh, prayed for the baby um, a few weeks ago, about a week or so later, that, that baby passed away. Baby died. I was like, Jesus, this is really pushing me. And then one of the dads here, Colin, his almost three-year-old daughter drowned two weeks ago, Sunday afternoon, around 10 meters away from him, where he was sitting in the lounge. He didn't hear anything. That shakes you. That shakes you. You know, then we have our pastor's couple in, 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 in uh, Port Elizabeth on Thursday morning. Wednesday morning, the, 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 the two-month-old baby was put in, was taken to hospital, infection in the lungs, second infection in the lungs. Around five o'clock, half past four that morning, I got a WhatsApp. 
heart stopped beating. They had to resuscitate the child. And praise God, the child did come through. But I was like, Lord God Almighty. And then after we heard about Colin, Colin's daughter, Bella Grace, um, that Monday morning, I was, I was over it. I was like, well, already wanted to run away. And I was tired. I needed a f- massive holiday. I need a massive long holiday. And then Nigel, is Nigel here this morning? I'm not sure. But anyway, Nigel, okay. But he's next door with the kids. So Nigel then sends a WhatsApp. He feels the Lord is saying we need to go and pray for, for Bella Grace. She's passed away this Sunday afternoon. This Monday morning, I, I wake up and I get this WhatsApp. I'm like, no, 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 no. You see, I've prayed for kids before. I've prayed for the kids before, tried to raise them from the dead. And, you know, you, you don't walk away from that unmoved. You don't walk away like, okay, that's all. You, know, you don't just walk away. So I was like, no, I'm, I want to run away right now. I said, no, okay, we're going to do this. So we went to the morgue and... And uh, th- this is going to be a good sermon, I promise. This is going to be a good sermon at some point. <laughs> so anyway, so now we are 10 of us there, a whole bunch of us are there, and uh, they carry in this almost three-year-old little girl, put her down on the table. And now what? Now what? We're going to pray. We, so we prayed with all our hearts. I told the guys, guys, now you don't focus on the child, you just focus on Jesus, because he's big, he is the resurrection and the life, he is alive and he is powerful, and we're going to trust Jesus for the sake of this family to move. Hour and a half later, the child didn't move. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, there were a lot of tears, a lot of tears, a lot of crying, a lot of shaken people, because you can't do this and not be shaken. Not be moved. You know, but what do you do when you're going through all these types of things? And there's a whole lot of other stories I can tell you as well, but I can't. <laughs> but it's been really challenging on so many levels. And I, I'm like, God, what is going on? This is like, it's like really challenging, really challenging, really challenging, really challenging. And I just know with all my heart, God is saying, don't run away from the pain. Just walk into it. Just walk into it because I want to do something in you. I want to do something in you. You know, John the Baptist said, Lord, he said that, that, that I might be less and that he might be more. And that is exactly what God wants to do, you know. So these, these moments in our lives come and it, it shakes us. But I want to tell you there's a God and his name is Jesus and he is the unshakable shaker. He is not shaken. He is not shaken. doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't matter what we go through. See, from our perspective, uh, we're looking at a, a child who's died. We're looking at cancer. We're looking at a failure. We're looking at a disappointment. We're looking at things going wrong. And yes, it shakes us because we're looking from a human perspective. We're just seeing this little bit now and we're asking these questions, God, why? Why? Why is these things happening? What is going on? And then I know that our God is the unshakable shaker. He isn't moved. It's not like something happens. He's sitting on his throne in heaven and something bad happens and whoops, he falls off like, oh, I didn't see that coming. He doesn't. 
He, he, he looks from eternity, and I believe God, if you and I want to be, 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 find ourselves in a place that we will also never be shaken, we need to allow the unshakable kingdom of God to, to flood into our lives, into our hearts. I believe that's what God wants to do. I'll read that verse in a, in a bit, but it says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And for that, we need to look at things through the lens of heaven. An eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken. Death for us is victory for that person who goes to heaven. There is no pain. There is no disappointment. Every tear will be wiped away from their eyes. And I believe that God wants to, to make us aware again of eternity. Of eternity. The eternal kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. And he wants that kingdom, that realm to flood into our lives, into our hearts. So that he can be glorified. So I want to share with you. <clears throat> how can we transition from being shakable to becoming unshakable? So I want to share three things with you about how you and I can transition every area of our lives into a place of being unshakable. Because I believe that's possible. I believe that is possible. So I want to read this. Hebrews 12, verse 26 to 29 speaks about this unshakable kingdom. And then it speaks about everything that will be shaken. So it says, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. The things which cannot be shaken. Let's come and let's say it. Cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28, therefore, since we are receiving, come on, let's say it, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. You see, as a, as a first image on, my, on the slides there, it speaks about the, the lighthouse and the waves. You know, the waves are going to come. The waves are going to come. The question is, will we stand like the lighthouse or will it crush us, destroy us? Will it cause us to turn away from God? Will it cause us to curse the name of Jesus? What, what will be the response when something bad happens? I, I challenged the men at men's camp. I said, there is a point of no return. There's a point of no return. And until you've come to the point of no return and bad things happen, you could see yourself turning away from Jesus. You could find yourself cursing the name of Christ, even as Job's wife. When Job, in the book of Job, when he went through all hell, lost everything, went through a, a disease over, all over his body, do you know what his wife said to him? Curse God and die. Thank you, honey, really helping me today. Curse God and die. But there's a point. There's a point of no return. 
Because the storms are going to come, the waves are going to come. The question is, will it break us in a bad way or will it strengthen us in a good way? And I've seen over this last month, it's been amazing, all the, all the challenges, all the trials that we have experienced. It's like it just takes me, after I've gone through the day of depression, then it takes me deeper into Jesus. And it's amazing just seeing how suddenly God just begins to move. We went to Secunda. We had incredible ministry time at Secunda. That church was absolutely rocked. 20 plus people physically healed. People would set free from uh, darkness on their souls. People came to Christ. It was an amazing weekend. I knew it was going to be an amazing weekend because the week before it was all hell break, broke loose. It's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, but, but that's the, I believe, the resilience that God wants us to step into. Doesn't matter what life throws, doesn't matter what the devil throws, hell can throw the kitchen sink. I always win. We always win. That's what God wants us. That's the mindset that God wants us to, to get to. He is the unshakable shaker. Everything outside of God's kingdom will be shaken. But those on the inside of his kingdom, those in Christ, they will not be shaken. Yes, we will mourn. Yes, we will experience pain. But in the end, we will stand even stronger. You know, when we prayed for this little girl, Bella Grace, you know, and, and she wasn't, she did not come back. You know, is our faith going to be shaken? We prayed for someone, they weren't healed. We prayed for somebody, it didn't change. Are our faith going to be shaken? No. Because it changes nothing about who our God is. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is, even if I don't see it now, I will see it one day at the very least. I will see it one day. You see, you need to know that you know that you know that God is good, that He does not, He's not the author of evil, He's not the author of bad, He is not the one that brings the sickness, He's the one that heals and sets free and restores. But you need to be anchored. How anchored are you? Have you come to that point of no return? You've gone beyond. That's what I told the men at men's camp. I said to them, guys, I've made my sums. The worst things can happen. I mean the worst. I can lose my wife. I can lose my son. I can lose everything I have. I will not turn away from Jesus. Have you come to your point of no return? Because I see many, many, many believers have not come to their point of no return. Life happens. The flood comes. The storm comes. What do they do? They turn away from God. They lose their faith. They lose their hope. I want to say to you, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is good. He is God. He has overcome death. He has overcome hell. He's overcome sickness. He's overcome darkness. He's overcome every possible thing that you and I can face. Even if I'm seeing it now or not, it doesn't change anything. I know who he is. Do you? Do you? Are you persuaded? It was awesome just to hear the stories this weekend of, of the men and the stuff they've come through. And you're like, and then you realize God is good. He's good. I mean, you know this. Go read your Bible. Jesus didn't go around killing little kids. 
He raised the dead. He spoiled every funeral. Every funeral. He spoiled it. That is who our God is. That is who He is. Faith is not based on our circumstances. Faith is based on who God is. And this is saying we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. A kingdom which cannot be shaken. Do you know why many people battle with addictions or do stupid things? It's not because of the addiction. It's because they are shaken on the inside. And they need to still the pain. But because of them being shaken, they tend to find themselves running to the alcohol or the drugs or the painkillers or whatever else it might be because they want to still the pain on the inside. I want to say to Jesus is the answer to all pain. Amen. He is the answer. He is the answer. And, and he wants you and me to be anchored in eternity. When we close our eyes in this life, we will open it in the arms of our God. You need to be anchored in eternity or you won't make it. You need to see the bigger picture. You need to allow that kingdom, the kingdom that cannot be shaken. You need to receive it into your heart, into your thinking, into your spirit, into your whole being. And then you will not be shaken. The more of God's kingdom that's found within us, the less we will be shaken. You know what, what, what I hate about being shaken is the torment the fear, the anxiety, the, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen. Eh, that's terrible. That tormenting experience. But I believe there's a place in God where we will not be shaken, where we will not be afraid, where we will not be tormented, but we will be set free. Amen. You and I can become unshakable because our confidence is not based on what we see now, but our confidence is based on that unshakable kingdom of heaven, our living God. So look at the Psalm 112, verses 6 to 8. And this is based on why I believe it is possible for you and me to not be shaken. It says, surely he will never be shaken. Who's that? The righteous. Come on, let's, let's read this together, but within the I. Let's say it. Surely I will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. I will not be afraid of evil tidings. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established. I will not be afraid until I see my desire upon my enemies. That is a verse to memorize. I will not be shaken. I am not a victim of my circumstances. I'm not a victim of the kitchen sink being thrown at me. I am not a victim of the trials and tribulations because I will not be shaken. I know who my God is. You know, so we've seen at the men's camp as well, God is moving so powerfully, you know, and, and if I have to evaluate my life, I would, I, I say yes to tribulation. I say yes to trials and challenges because I know more of God manifests if I, if I'm willing to walk through it. So two weeks ago in the evening service, I had a wonderful evening service. It was really, God was moving and I prayed for people who were battling with fear. And one of the couples I prayed for was Stefan Anastasia 
Stefan Kotz's father, Erhard. So he's 58 years old. He had his first heart attack at the age of 21. Most of his family didn't make 40 because of heart attacks. His heart is three times larger than a normal heart should be. For the last few years, his uh, for the last ten, at, at the age of 46, he had a lot of heart attacks. So the last 10 years, his quality of life has really been bad. He battles to breathe. He has to take an afternoon nap every afternoon. He cannot do any physical work. He is really, and, and he's on a lot of medication. Doctors say, stop the medication, you will die. Anyway, so, so he and his wife were standing in the front, and I was praying with them. Uh, and about the fear, because they just don't know when he's going to go. So they're being tormented. By the fear. So anyway, so I pray for him. We pray for him. And I expi- there's a fire that courses through his body. He says, I'm feeling a heat running through, my, through his being. Suddenly, he starts to breathe normally. He's like, something's changed. Something's different. Anyway, so we get feedback two weeks later. He doesn't need to take afternoon naps anymore. His breathing is normal. He says to his son, I don't know what to do with this. I have so much energy. Jesus healed him. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. He is good. So they're going to go to the doctors now to determine how much of his heart function. He only had 30% heart function. Only 30%. I want to say to you, our God is good. He is the healer. He is faithful. He is powerful. He can do anything at any time. But there's something that needs to shift on the inside of us. It, I, I see this over and over again. The more tribulation I experience, the more the power of God is revealed through me. It's just how it works. I'm like, God, so I have to suffer for the rest of my life. But there's a supernatural grace. A kingdom that cannot be shaken on the inside of us. We will not be shaken. So I want to share three things, three areas, I believe three keys, how you and I can transition every area of our lives into the unshakable kingdom of God, and you will not be shaken. Three areas that I believe will make a massive, massive shift. Okay, so first one, Psalm 34, verse 4 to 8. The first one is, I sought the Lord powerful verse. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Say all. So it's possible to have no fear. All fear delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Hallelujah. Saved him. Out of all these troubles, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, those who reverence him, those who realize how big he is, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that powerful? Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So I want to touch on trust. But a few things there. He says, I sought the Lord. So at the, at the men's camp on Friday night, we said to the guys, guys, we're going to be praying the next morning at half past six. All the leaders are getting together. And then our brother Festus says, he's going to be here at five. Who's joining? I'm like, me. 
let's do this. I needed sleep, but we said, well, stuff it, let's go for it. Eh? So we were praying at five, and I just realized, you know, it was just really powerful, a really powerful time of praying. At five, next morning again at five, we had a, a pastor's retreat now in Cape Town, and I could do with the sleep. But again, I was just up early, because I realized I'm not going to make today. I'm not going to make it if I don't start seeking the face of God. If I don't transition myself into the unshakable kingdom of God. So it's one thing to say, I believe God is big, I believe God is powerful, and I don't want to be shaken. But you're not willing to seek the Lord. You need to get up, and you need to transition your being, your heart, your mind, your spirit. Transition yourself into the unshakable kingdom of God. And I've just seen this over and again, the days, the times that I do that. It just shifts things. It says, I sought the Lord. And he heard me. God hears prayer. So I want to ask you, how do you respond when, when the pressure is on? How do you respond? Do you just sleep late? Fade into the movies? TV, internet? How, how do you respond? Or do you take this into, do you transition yourself into the, the unshakable kingdom of God? Because I believe that's what God is calling you and me into. It's one thing to say, God, where are you? Another thing to say, God, here I come. I'm seeking you. I'm pressing in. I'm pursuing you. I'm positioning myself in the unshakable kingdom of God. doesn't matter what life throws at me this day. I will have peace. I will have joy. And I will know because I'm connected to you. I will know what to do. How do you? How do you respond? How do you respond? Are you pressing in? Are you putting aside that time? Because there's so many believers that are expecting God to do wonderful things for them, but they're not willing to do what the psalmist says. I sought the Lord. And what did he do? He heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. If you want to be delivered from all your fear, seek the face of God. Get up earlier. The morning watch. Before the devil can get up, you clap him already. Before he's up, you're already clapping him around. Devil, this is my day. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am not afraid of what the day holds. I'm not afraid of what the future holds. And I'm not going to be shaken. Come on, let's say it. I'm not going to be shaken. Amen. But you need to step into, you need transition into the un shakable kingdom of God. This is so powerful. I felt this word over this last weekend, but I felt the Lord say, trust in me. It's time to trust me with all your hearts. Trust in God with all your hearts. Imagine a life without fear. Imagine a life without anxiety. Imagine not being afraid of what the future holds. Wouldn't you and I live differently? We will. But fear is putting down a boundary for us. It says, no, you're not going to go there. And no, you're not going to go there. And no, you're not going to go there. In the end, you're standing like there in the corner. You're little, little corner. And there's the, you're not going anywhere. But I'm free. I'm free. Uh, you have your, your Sunday morning. You have your little spot there. I'm free. I'm free. 
Eh? But fear is clapping you around. You're doing nothing. You're not stepping out. You're not living life because fear is dictating to you. But God says he wants to set us free. It is time to trust in God with all our hearts. Not just one part, not just certain parts, the whole being. So I want to encourage you, as the, as the psalmist says, I sought the Lord. And then it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You need to taste and see he really, really, really is good. And not be moved by when something doesn't feel so good. This is a messed up world. This is a sin, sick, cursed world. Bad things happen. We always win. We always win. I've experienced this in my life. I always win. Even when it doesn't look like I'm winning, I'm still winning because I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm learning patience. I'm learning joy when I shouldn't have joy. I'm, I'm learning peace when there should not be peace. I am becoming more like Jesus. And you will too. If you get the right theology. Some large parts of the church are absolutely shocked when bad things happen. Or when there's persecution, or when there are trials and tribulations, and you need to understand this is life, but you always win. You always win. Come on, let's say it. I always win. Because God is with me. Amen. So you need to get God's perspective on these challenges. You say, okay, this is not fun. This is not great. But what, what is my response going to be? How will I respond to whatever is happening to me right now? I know my response is, let's go deeper into Jesus. That's my response. Let's go deeper into Jesus because I know there are miracles coming. Their, their, their lives will be changed. People will be set free if I go deeper. Come on, you can go deeper. Don't hold back. So someone shared over this last weekend that they're, they're like, I think it was Dion maybe. There are these fear portraits, you know, like family portraits in your home. You have family portraits, and, you, and the, the portrait is a reminder to you of family. And he felt like there are fear portraits in our mind's eye, in our hearts and minds. And, then, and, and it triggers fear. Something happens, and it reminds you of something, and then fear comes back. Because you remember last time this happened, it was bad. We need to take down those fear portraits. We need to remove those fear portraits from our hearts and minds so we can transition. When we fear God, we will fear no other. That's what he says there in that, in, that, in that verse there. The fear, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. Those who reverence God, special protection. God comes around them. Angels come around those who say, God, you are massive. You are huge. You are worthy. You are glorious. We give you honor and praise. So step into transition. Step into the unshakable. Number two, Proverbs 3 verse 1 to 5. It says there, my son. Do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I just want to highlight this one thing. Two things. First thing is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, every area of your life. If you want to do that, you need to write on the tablet of your heart. Come on, let's say it. Write on the tablet of my heart. So many of us are on intellectual. We're like McDonald's Christians, eh? 
Just quick, quick, surface level, not real meat. I'm kidding. It's, I say it's real meat, but we are not sure. But, uh, but so many believers, so many Christians, we, 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 we live with the scriptures on surface level. We read our daily devotional. And I read my verse. I've pondered it for a minute. And now I'm going on with life. That is surface level. That is my mental. That's just your mind. That's, that's not your heart. Maturity in the kingdom of God is not intellectual knowledge. It is heart knowledge. It is trust. It's when, when, when knowing, knowing who God is has gone beyond the mind and it's settled upon the deepest recesses of our hearts and beings that I know, that I know, that I know my God is good. He's good. Doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it, but I've tasted. He's good. I know with all my heart, I know with all my being, even when I don't understand what the heck is going on, my questions will not push me away from God, it will only draw me closer. There will be questions, there will be challenges that we like. I don't know why this happened. I know God knows. So I want to ask you this question. What are you writing on the tablet of your heart? Are you writing just newspaper articles? Are all the properties going to be taken away? Like, oh, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. I want to say to you, Jesus is bigger than the government. Amen. So if you feed your soul on negativity the whole time, you will be tormented. You will be in darkness. You will suffer, and maybe not one farm will be taken away. But you're going to be tormented. So what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose torment through the negativity, or are you going to choose to put your faith in God? You see, there's this uh, thing about maturity. We sometimes think being cynical and negative is being mature. It is not. It's immature. It's not faith. It is immature. An immature believer is cynical and negative. Amen. A real believer is childlike at heart. And they put their faith in Jesus. God, you're bigger than this. No, I'm not going to listen to all the stories. No, I'm not going to listen to everything that's being posted on WhatsApp or Facebook or the news or whatever. I know that when I allow all these things to be written on the tablet of my heart, I will be useless. I will have no faith. I will find myself in darkness. I will be shaken. I will transition from the unshakable kingdom to the shakable kingdom. And I will be like everybody else. Are you allowing negativity to corrupt and to defile your heart and mind? Just cut people out that are negative. Say, dude, no, not around me. I have faith in the living God who is bigger. He has a plan for our nation. He is good and he is faithful. Can I have an amen? Amen. Because we find ourselves in a place of negativity and unbelief and in darkness and we are absolutely neutralized. We can have no impact on anybody else's life. Come on, let's, let's, let's move higher. So what do you write on the tablet of your heart? The word of God. But not just surface level, you need to sit on it. Like You need to say that, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. I've been on that verse this whole week. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. I am receiving an unshakable kingdom. 
An unshakable kingdom. I am part of the unshakable kingdom of God. I am not afraid what the future holds because I know who holds my future. Amen. I'm not afraid of what the future holds because I know the one who holds my future. He is good. Amen. The enemy wants to neutralize the church of Jesus Christ and he wants to use fear and anxiety and all these other things. I tell you, our country is so ready for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God flourishes in chaos, in crises. He flourishes. So come on, let's bring, let's make a difference. Maturity in the kingdom of God is not based on intellectual knowledge, but rather heart knowledge. Choose to become a mature child of God. Amen. And then last one, obey. The disobedient will be shaken. The obedient will be unshakable. Matthew 7, 24 to 27, ending off here. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Where are you building your house? On the rock or on the sand? The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Come on, let's say it did not fall. Did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Was founded on the rock. You can choose to build your house on the rock. You can choose to build your family, your business, every area of your life on the rock. How? By obeying God. By obeying Him, saying, Lord, what should I do? How should, how should I follow you? But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, it will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see the consistency there? The flood is coming. <laughs> the waves are coming. The question is, would you have built your life on the rock, or would you have built your life on the sand? Have you sought the Lord? Have you transitioned yourself into the kingdom of God, the unshakable kingdom of God, through the morning watch? Have you soaked your whole being upon the words of God? Have you written His words on your heart, like in every area of your life? How does this work? Say you, 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 you're anxious about your finances. How do you deal with this? Well, you bring your finances to God in prayer. And then you get the scriptures, the promises of God, to, to, and you write that on the tablet of your heart so that you can fill yourself with faith around your finances. And then thirdly, then you obey Him. You do what He leads you to do. You follow Him. Give and it will be given unto you. For instance, in, your, in the area of finances. So, this is the challenge to transition from the shakable to the unshakable. For instance, you're in a dating relationship. You love the girl. You're going to get married. You really love one another. Should we have sex before marriage? Well, it feels right. Love one another. We're going to get married. Yes. Or no. The question is, do you want to bring your relationship and put your relationship and your future marriage where the waves are going to crash in and destroy? Is it going to be the shakable kingdom? Or when you act like a righteous man, a man with backbone, with integrity, you say, um, I really love you, but no, 
I want this to be a beautiful marriage one day. I want our relationship to be protected. I want to transition our relationship to the unshakable kingdom of God, Jesus. We say no to fleshly desires and yes to patience and godliness so that we can be truly be blessed. Amen. That's a good word. No, you don't need to. You can do whatever you want to do. But go test it. And I can, I'm sure about 50 of us at least can raise our hands saying, try it. It's a stuff up. <laughs> God's way is the best way. So you need to decide obedience. When you obey God, you transition that area of your life, whether it be your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your business, whatever it might be, you transition it to the unshakable kingdom of God. God's going to fight for you. He's going to have an angel there surrounding you. He will encamp all around you because the righteous is never shaken. Amen. Lovely story. Of, I was speaking to pastor, um, our pastor, Filiboso from Shofar Pretoria. And he says, um, one of their young men, he's now around 30 years old, around three, four years ago, his dad was the owner of a company that had a small consulting company. His dad came to Christ, and I think he was baptized. And then his dad called him in and said to him, um, son, I want to dedicate this business to God. I want to consecrate this business to God. So they prayed together, they had communion together, they committed the business to God. And then they decided we're going to start giving from the business a certain percentage. We're going to give into the kingdom of God. So we're not just consecrating, not just seeking, not just praying, but also obeying, doing as we felt the Lord lead us. Within three years, that business multiplied like 10 times. 10 times. As business came to them, people are phoning them without marketing. They're getting contracts. They're getting amazing, amazing blessing because they have transitioned it from the unshakable, from the shakable to the unshakable. Amen. So you need to figure that out for yourself. I can't tell you how you should transition things, but you need to look every area of your life. And then the last verse I just want to share. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph, in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Isn't that a good scripture? Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. The message translation says, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. From place to place in one perpetual victory parade. We always win. We always win. Just allow God to lead you. Whatever you're facing, just ask God, okay, God, what are you, what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to do in me? What are you wanting to do through me? What more of Christ do you... You know, it's, it's through our brokenness that the fragrance of Christ is released into this world. It's not through everything is always hunky-dory. It's through our pain and disappointments, and despite that, we are anchored in God, and so we rise up and we overcome in Jesus' name. So I want to call every one of us into the unshakable kingdom of God. He is the unshakable shaker. Everything outside of his kingdom will be shaken. Everything inside his kingdom will be unshakable. Where's your life at? I want to, this is my encouragement to you. 
over these next few weeks. Evaluate the areas of your life that's especially difficult. Seek the Lord in it. Get promises to be written on your heart and your mind so that when you don't look with your physical eyes, you look with the eyes of your heart. And then thirdly, obey God. Do what He calls you and tells you to do. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.